Welcome, and thanks for stopping by. Whether you're watching us on YouTube or listening to our podcast on one of your favorite platforms, I'm glad you're here. At this time, I would like to thank our partners and sponsors for their dedication to helping the show to grow. We cannot do what we do without their help. You've reached the Millennium Beat with your host, Kevin James. Well, Merry Christmas. Today happens to be Christmas Eve, and I have a special old friend on the computer with me, Mr. Pastor Paul Turner. Paul, welcome. Hey, Merry Christmas, Kevin. I thought you were going to say my old, my old friend, old St. Nick. <laughs> no, no, I didn't know Nick. I'm just old St. Paul, I guess. You're, you're St. Paul, yes. Not the original St. Paul, but you no. are St. Paul. Yes, correct. Yes, you know, so I appreciate you coming out and, you know, going through that snow in Alabama, you know, all that kind of That's stuff. That's right. Your Up home hill. studio. Uphill, both ways. Both ways. Yes, so this is a topic show, and this is going to be, we're going to be talking about uh, Christmas and Christmas Eve and Christmas traditions and stuff like that. So we really don't know where it's going to go, but uh, it's going to go toward Christmas. We know that. So. So sit back and enjoy our show. So, Paul, let's get into it. Um, let's start off. What are some of your early memories of Christmas? My earliest memories of Christmas, I, I can, I, you know, for me, it's all revolves around the toys, right? So, okay, right. so for me, I remember getting a, a red huffy bike. Okay. That I used to ride. I grew up in. Uh, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. And I remember getting this Huffy bike, and I would uh, try to ride it. And I can remember that the way I used to stop is I'd ride it to the end of the block, and I'd run myself into the mailbox. Oh, wow. So I would stop my – so that's how I – because I didn't know how to break. I was like, well, i got to stop somehow, so I guess I'll just run myself into the mailbox, and that'll be, oh. uh, that'll be fine. The other thing I remember about toys, too, is I remember getting the uh, Planet of the Apes uh, – uh, action figure set. Okay. And I get the, uh, oh, is this the movies one or is this yeah, the, the movie? The TV yeah. Movie. This is the original. Oh, the back, original. Back okay. when there was, yeah, back, back with, uh, uh, the originals in the seventies. And I remember getting a, I think it was like the tree house. I want to say it was the planet of the apes. Tree house was, <laughs> was oh, fun. Wow. And I had like Cornelius and I'd have, you know, all the various, uh, you know, Taylor and, and other action figures, and of course, I've probably isolated probably uh, uh, most of the audience here who is right. not familiar with Planet right. of the Apes. But those were were toys that I remember 
and getting there was also um i remember getting uh something called micronauts and these micronauts were these like little clear posable tiny figures and they had all these cool vehicles so super sci-fi which probably which probably i mean based on two out of the three toys i just mentioned probably led to my love of science fiction and fantasy movies okay. so so just in that genre there uh so that's that's my earliest and also going to uh i grew up catholic so going to christmas mass uh was yeah. also a uh was a big deal as well so Okay. So yeah, that was uh, those to, to me. Those the earliest memories are about toys, mm-hmm. about going to Christmas mass, and and then you know going to family. You know, we had at least in New York, we had a, a good sized family, so we would always go somewhere for Christmas Eve, whether it be a friends, uh, some friends of my mom and dad's, or it was a family that we, you know, our family that we would go visit, or cousins, or whatever. So uh, so yeah, those are my my earliest okay. memories. What are your What are your earliest memories? Well, thank you for asking me. Um, my earliest memories uh, is, is obviously like yours, toys. I mean, I, I think that's general in a lot of people, you know, that, that they, they you know, have toys. Uh, one of the things I remember, you know, believing in Santa Claus at that time, uh, Santa Claus brought me a bicycle and uh, he dropped it down the stairs, you know. <laughs> so it had a little scrape in it, you know, and I remember that. And I remember getting one of those wagons that, um, you know, a little red, not a, not a red wagon that you pull. Like when you get in there, you have your feet going, and you know, and it's like a like a little race car, but it, it just had just had a frame. It didn't have a whole complete body. So I remember that. Um, I can always remember, uh, you know, when we were younger, we could go to bed with one toy. Yeah, you know? it's like okay, you can you can take you can take um you know, um one toy to bed. Uh, the interesting thing with, uh, with our family is we grew up Catholic also. And I was an altar boy until I was about, I don't know how old you are when you stop being altar boy. I'm thinking 15 or 16 years old. I don't know, somewhere like that. Um, I, I remember we, we used to also go to midnight mass and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. When we started out younger, um, you know, midnight was like forever. I, I remember one of the things, sleeping in the closet because I wanted Christmas Eve to come really quick. So I, the only way I could do it is go sleep in the closet. So I slept <laughs> in the closet and, and uh, and and then um, was that like a time machine? Like was the closet a time machine that you would get in, and like it would like move you in time faster to well you Christmas sleep. Eve? Except for me now, if I wouldn't do that, I'd be in the closet for a minute and then wake up and say, "Okay, I'm ready to go." Okay, um, I was thinking like it was Doctor Who's TARDIS or something like uh, that, it, where where you would uh, get in I there. Wish it was, yeah, I would get in there and make time go by faster because i would be sleeping so it's just, yeah. it just just wasted time away you know so, so and and obviously when we started you know um when we were younger uh, i grew up a an only child of five you know so <laughs> most of my older siblings were, were uh, much older than i am so i was the baby of the family and uh and and it's just uh things that i remember is uh you know is the christmas eves we, you know, we we were sleeping, or I was sleeping, and then my parents. Uh, my father worked in a grocery store, kind of like a convenience store. My uncle owned a liquor store, which was a convenience store style style store. So yeah. he would work that. So as soon as he was done, he would come home and he would wake us, wake the kids up to say, "Hey, Santa Claus came," and all that kind of stuff. But to us, we thought it was like really late in the morning, you know, late in the evening, like midnight or something. But yeah. I found out in reality, it was only about uh, nine o'clock at night, you know, nine nine thirty. 
So, and that all changed the older we got because then we started going to the midnight mass and then we started opening up presents after midnight mass. And next thing you know, we were up to two or three o'clock in the morning. So that kind of really changed after a while. It just, it kind of, it kind of changed. Yeah. But, I, can, you know, I, can remember, I can remember that as well. And, and now that I have, you know, I have three kids of my own. And so, you know, there was new traditions that sort of like, I don't know if it was a cultural thing where like you were allowed, like you, like you opened up, like, I don't remember this as a kid, but you're like, you would get Christmas pajamas on Christmas Eve and you could okay. open your Christmas pajamas. I'm like, uh, okay, well, that's a thing. Um, so we've, we've tried to maintain that or you could open up, you know, one gift on right. Christmas Eve or something like that. Now, were you a Christmas morning person? I mean, were you, I mean, not like uh, wake wise, but did you open up your presents Christmas morning? Oh, yeah, we're, 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 yeah, we're predominantly Christmas, Christmas uh, morning, open up your presents there. Yeah. Yeah, See, us, we were Christmas Eve, you know, midnight or so, like we was just saying earlier. We would open, we never, our family never opened presents in the morning. I mean, but I've seen people that do that, that they wake up in the morning and, you know, and Santa came or whatever and. And then they open up their presents. And stuff. Yeah. So but yeah, we didn't do nothing, that. There's no, you know? there's no wrong way to do Christmas. No. As far as, yeah, that's as what, if you do it after, if you want to do it after midnight, that's fine. Everybody's got their, yeah. everybody has their traditions uh, as far as how they do those things. And so, you know, I say, hey, good on you. If you have, a, if you have a, if you're a Christmas Eve person or a Christmas Day person, you know, you're not doing it wrong. It's funny. I'm not good about this. Have interact with people. We're not doing this live, but. If you're watching us right now and you have a Christmas tradition, write it in the comments below and let us hear what you guys do for Christmas. And, you know, and then I can pass it on to Paul and if it's really, really good and, and interesting and stuff like that. So, but um, going back to uh, our our family is we did the same thing a little bit like what you said you did is we would open up presents uh, and then after that we would go to my aunt's house uh, on my mother's side. And that was the French side, and we would do that, and we would all the all the French relatives would be there, and that would be like a Christmas Eve party with all the relatives. Yeah. Was there lots of wine and croissants? I don't really remember croissants. 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 Yeah, I don't. I don't. You know, really I just got re- back from Europe. Oh, they pronounce did? it croissant. Croissant. Yeah, I didn't get back from Europe. That's just from a commercial. It just oh, hit okay. my head. It just hit your head. Yeah. Don't but hope it doesn't hit it too hard. No, no. But um, yeah, I remember that. I can remember going. I can see it in my mind right now. I just can't remember who was there. Um, I, you know, I'm, I know my aunt, my mother's sister, and stuff like that. It was her house, and and then other relatives. And I and maybe there was even people that there. They weren't even relatives. I I don't know. I just remember going there, and I remember it was in Gardner, Massachusetts, and it was near the state pool, and that's all I remember. You know, so that was yeah, how we. What? Well, I was going to say we both grew up in the north, and so right. I would say that that the weather plays a part i think in christmas memories i mean of course snow here i mean here in alabama we've had snow i believe one one or two christmases right that i've been here for the past 20 years maybe three where uh where as in new york and boston and those things i mean snow is pretty traditional it's pretty uh it's part of the it's part of the christmas experience where you go out and you know go sledding or you would go, you know, 
snowball fights with your friends or whatever mm-hmm. was happening. And then, of course, you know, right. on those on those mornings, you know, you'd you know have to. I remember we would have to, you know, you'd get your toys, and the first thing you'd want to do is go meet with your friends to, you know, kind of talk right. about what you got. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing, as I said, we both grew up in the in the Northeast. Is like when you get a bicycle for Christmas. You know, you really want to go out and ride it, but you can't because the roads, or most of the time, the roads were covered with snow and ice, yeah. and and it was yep. cold outside. And yeah, you know, people, you know, we talk about our traditions from because growing up in the north. It's I, I find it different. We'll talk about this more as we go on in our conversation. Is I find it more difficult here in Florida celebrating Christmas than than anywhere else because I grew up for thirty years in the north where we had the snow. Now we've had, I remember one year, I think it was even since I moved here and I was there for vacation, is um, it rained. And they said, thank God it didn't snow because there's, I think equivalent for every inch of rain is 10 inches of snow. Now I might be wrong on that quote, but I think that's what I remember learning is that every inch is 10 inches of snow. And we had like two and a half inches of rain. So it would have been, we would have been buried Christmas Day, not going anywhere because there was so much snow. So yeah. it rained. But yeah. again, there's been Christmases. Um, one of the Christmases I was thinking about, I was at my ex-girlfriend's house. We were watching a Christmas movie, uh, Home Alone. And after, after that, I was going home and, and it wasn't really snowing hard, but it was snowing. You know, it's just, I mean, it's just a, a little bit, you know, that you expect it to be in the north of you. But being in New England, it, it could be colder in Texas and, and icier and snowier than New England. It just depends on the jet stream. If we're on what side of the jet stream we're on. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so. Yeah. You talk about, you know, home alone. I took, uh, I took students, my students uh, from our youth group. I took them to, we, we have uh, down here what's called the Alabama Theater. And okay. the Alabama Theater is a classic old school you know, theater where you have the side where, where you have the, you know, your, your really plush kind of seats around. Then you have almost like an opera house where you have the side, like the little balconies that kind of uh, are on either side of the stage. And it has a, um, what do I want to say? A Wurlitzer organ. Right. Where it comes up out of the stage. Oh, wow. And they play uh, like the, he'll, the, the, the uh, person playing will, you know, come up and do the thing and start off with a few Christmas carols or, you know, something like that. And then we go into the movie, but I took my, took my students there. And it's funny watching movies, uh, old movies on the big screen. I thought, because you've seen it so many times that I remember just mm-hmm. sitting there with my wife going where you're, you're saying you're, you're now, you're now discovering things. You're going, Hey, like example, when Joe Pesci says, Hey, we're going to come back here at eight o'clock, you know, to rob the house. Well, I remember I, I then looked at it and I'd have to double check it, but I'm pretty sure he said eight o'clock, but then it was nine o'clock on the clock on the, on the time on the clock was nine o'clock. So I'm going to go oh, back wow. and check that. But it's funny how you see something so many times you go, Oh, right. okay. Well, you know, you start finding um, discrepancies, but you're going, Oh, okay. You didn't, you know, you, you watched the movie originally because it was, you know, it was fun mm-hmm. to watch. And now when you're older, right. you're going, Oh, you know, you're, you're watching it from a different, um, different point of view but uh but yeah the uh the kids enjoyed it they they'd already seen home alone i guess and all that but they had not some of them had not been to the alabama theater so it was uh, quite the experience for them and it's fun i think it's fun to watch old movies that are brought back to movie screens 
I, right. I think it just adds a little, you know, uh, you know, it's nostalgic, but I think it just puts it, frames it in a different way as watching, you know, because I'm sure like, like me, you watched the original in the movie theater at some point right, yeah, uh, right. when it came out. And so, uh, you know, so for seeing it, going back and seeing it in theaters is, uh, is quite fun. Uh, it's funny. We'll talk about an hour and a few seconds about movies, but you know, there's one movie I have not seen the whole complete thing from the beginning to the end is the Christmas story. I have not seen, I, I don't think I have, I don't, I remember parts of it. I remember the lamp, the leg lamp. Yeah. I remember the, the licking the, the pole, getting his yes. tongue stuck to it. Right. Uh, I'll shoot your, you'll shoot your eye out. Right. Um, and then something about a ring or something like that, you know, but that's it. I mean, I don't, re I, I might've watched the whole thing, but I don't remember it, watching the whole thing. You know, every year they have it on like 24 hours on some channel somewhere. You can actually watch it. You, if you just turn the, if you just put the channel on, you're going but to I've catch never, up, I think at some point. I, 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 that's probably what, that's why I know bits and pieces of it. I, I just don't remember sitting down, like say, okay, I, I'm going to sit at the start at the beginning of the movie and watch the whole thing. I don't remember that. I, I, I might have, but I, it's not like a yearly tradition. I try to watch some Christmas movies. I mean, I have a huge blockbuster library at my house, you know, so I have, um, I have all kinds of movies like Christmas with the cranks and, you know, and, and then, um, I God. There's all kinds of the Grinch and, you know, there's, there's all kinds of, do you have a favorite Christmas movie that you guys like to watch as a family? Uh, that's your top movie. Yeah. As a family, I think we're, we like Tim Allen's the Santa Claus. So we'll Santa watch and he has his new one out now, which I've not seen yet. I imagine it will, no. it will make its way. Uh, I think it's like the Santa, the Santa, the Santa Clauses. I think it's called right. it's like number five or something like that. And so we'll probably watch that. But I'll tell you what, an underrated, what I think is an underrated Christmas movie, and it's with Vince Vaughn called uh, Fred Claus. Yes, I've seen that. And to me, that's an underrated Christmas movie. That's, that's you know, right. to me, that's a lot of fun. It, it's it's funny. Uh, it's, you know, it's uh, it's got a lot of heart to it. And uh, there's just a lot of great, um, a lot of great little fun scenes in it that make it uh, so different than. You know, somebody because in the movie Vince Vaughn plays Fred Claus, which is Santa Claus's brother. Right. So, it, so it has all this, you know, angst about you know that your brother is you know Santa Claus, and you know you got overlooked, and you right. know your, your brother's more successful than you. And Vince Vaughn, Vaughn, of course, is this down and out kind of side hustle guy and trying to hustle people and all that, and so he winds up having to go back and you know uh, help his brother because he needs money. And then mm -hmm. it turns into another thing, and so I don't know. That, to me, that's a, that's an underrated individual viewing pleasure for me. Pleasure, um, yeah. But as a family, we probably defer to the Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Now we'll have to um, put an end to this debate. Is Die Hard One a Christmas movie? You know, I I I think I have landed on the side. I agree. With Bruce Willis himself has said it is not right. a Christmas movie. Right, he says it's not. Uh, I, you know, and my 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 hardcore view is that it is not a Christmas movie. But it feels like the more I watch it, the more it becomes a Christmas movie. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if it's just societal if you pressure. Watch if you watch I don't know Christmas. if it's. I don't know what it is that's uh, that's changing my mind. Even though in my head I go, that's certainly not a Christmas movie. But right. uh, but you know what? I was thinking about this. 
Have you ever seen the movie Legion? Um, I might have. I'm not sure. Because listen, if 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 Die Hard's a Christmas movie, the movie Legion is all about this woman. It's a horror movie, right. and it's woman having a baby. Okay. Whose husband uh, is not the father of the child, and right. an angel is sent to protect the child. And okay, there's, and, in other words, there's a there's a there's this apocalyptic feature of the movie that okay. that says, you know, here's this child about to be born, uh, mm-hmm. and who's you know the the father is is you know uh, is the guy that's the the husband is not the father of the child, but she, mm-hmm. he's so committed to her, he defends her, he you know, protects her and all this stuff. And I'm going, well, listen, if Die Hard's a Christmas movie, is this not a Christmas movie too? Is this, is this not a Christmas movie? Come on. Now, another one that came into my head is what about Gremlins? Now it probably wasn't around the whole Christmas. I have to go back and watch it again. But I mean, we obviously know that the girl's father died Christmas Eve. We know that. So, yeah. but other than that, Gremlins, you know, has Christmas in it. So, I mean, it's, it's not particularly a, you know, totally Christmas movie, but it does have Christmas in it. So, and there's a lot right. of TV shows that will have Christmas set. Oh, sure. Like I watched right. Eureka just recently, and they had like two Christmas specials because it was like yeah. a year. Yeah, so. I don't know if you have. I don't know if it's a Christmas movie if you have Christmas in it. Like I right. mean, like if you have, like if it's done at the holidays, I don't know if it's a Christmas movie or not. I don't know if you can count it as a Christmas movie if it doesn't. You know, yeah. have have certain tropes, or if it doesn't have, you know, I mean, look, they'll run it. Look, is in December especially. I find that they run the Harry Potter series quite a bit, or they run yeah, right. Lord of the Rings. Like, are these now Christmas movies? I are guess these so. now because they run them in December because they mm-hmm. feel holiday ish? I don't know. Yeah. Well, the thing is, during Christmas, like we're talking now, is traditions. You know, if, if you might have a movie that is not totally um, Christmassy, that is your tradition of watching, you know, in a Harry Potter series or, or um, you know, other, other TV shows or even other movies that are not particularly Christmas, but they, you have set up as a family, that's the show or that's the movie that we're going to watch. Well, yeah, those year. are your, right. You can have Christmas traditions. Right. But they're not Christmas movies. I mean, that's no. kind of what we're you know defining is what makes a Christmas movie. Does it just take place during the holidays, or is thematically, is it about right? Christmas. Does it have Santa in it? Does it, you know, is it about the birth of Christ? Is it? Does it have any, you know, is like I just watched the new Eddie Murphy, the Eddie Murphy show, uh, Candy Cane Lane. Okay, and. And it's fine. It's not. It's very. Uh, I think it's overacted a little bit. Uh, you know, on some parts. Mm-hmm. Is it a traditional Christmas movie? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it has. You know, a mean elf that's trying to. You know, get Eddie Murphy to do th- do things and and do all this stuff. But it's so wild. I'm like, you know. But on the, here's what I noticed on the block. They're like part of the theme of it is uh, that you know they're having this you know, decorate your house, okay. you know, competition. Right. And there's one family on the block that has a big sign that says Jesus is the reason for the season, right? There's like every neighborhood it right. seems, that has the one house that just has the big sign that reminds the, has to remind the whole neighborhood. It's like, <laughs> Hey, 
This is right. about Jesus, okay? Right. And I can appreciate that. I can I say, look, that to me that that makes, you know, um that makes sense, right? That you right. have these these different uh houses and then you got the one house that has the big sign that says Jesus is the reason for the season, whereas everything else is more holiday-ish where you have snowmen and you have you know, Santa Clauses and reindeers and, and, you know, all those things. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, take it for what it's worth, but right. they, did, they now, did an okay job of, of, you know, putting that in there at least. Now, thinking on the movie themes and movie topic, is there any quotes that you can remember most of it or all of it from a Christmas movie? Oh, you know, uh, I always remember, you know, it's odd, you know, every, you know, there's the line from uh, It's a Wonderful Life, you know, uh, that every time, every time a bell rings, an angel rings. gets its wings. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. Right. Yeah, so I, 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 I think that's a, I think that's a good quote. Shoot your eye out is another good yeah. one. You'll shoot your eye out. That's another yeah. One. That's always a good one. That's always quotable. Um, let's see. I think uh, like just, you know, Home Alone, uh, you know, has some classic, you know, quotes from it you just just the scream just like when right. Kevin I, I, is I just, just screaming the same with thing. his hands out. he's putting the cologne on his face and he oh, screams that, or, i i see the screaming of the mother yelling Kevin! yeah 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 those are those are to me they're they're classic you know quotes yeah. from from movies that find their way back you know that right. uh, that they wind up in commercials or they wind up in you know yeah um you know those type oh of yeah things. they're they're heart warm you know heartfelt and and one of the things we talked about the movie earlier about the, it's a wonderful life and I've seen it in colorized version I've seen it in black and white and and originally when that movie came out it was a flop it didn't really do well and then actually for a while there you could have you could own that movie you could bought the rights to it because the rights ran out you know and then eventually yeah. I think Turner brought the, bought the rights to it but it, you know it was a classic case you know about you know how important our lives are sometimes we don't think they are. But it is how we affect people, and and especially during the Christmas time, it's, it's yeah, it gets know. into our psyche, you know. Yeah, it does. So now let's move on. The next favorite subject during Christmas is eating. What are some of the foods that you really like to enjoy around Christmas? You know, it is tradition on Thanksgiving morning and Christmas morning. Sadly, I only get this twice a year. Uh, but my wife makes the best sausage balls, and sausage balls mm-hmm. are simply sausage and flour and cheese. Okay. Wow, and, sounds good. And she uh, she makes them to perfection. They're about yay big, and big. they're just fluffy. And I'll, you know, it's probably good that I don't eat them Get but them twice a year because if I had them every day, I'd weigh six hundred pounds. Um, because I'll eat a dozen of them before, you know, anything, before anything happens. It's, I just hey, noticed right. that, you know, that I've already stuffed my face with, you know, a dozen of these, um, beautifully, uh, cooked golden brown, slightly greasy, uh, you know, uh, make me hungry. I'm glad I had breakfast. Yeah. I'm glad I had breakfast. That is cool. Now. We know like Thanksgiving and we and we didn't really talk we didn't have a Thanksgiving show, but you know, a lot of people have turkeys for Thanksgiving and stuff. Yeah. Christmas, some people have turkeys, some people have ham. Yes. Or some people have 
I mean, I even had Thanksgiving once. I had an Italian Thanksgiving. I had yeah. a lasagna. Yeah. I mean, it depends on your culture and what you grew up in. We grew up with turkeys. Yeah. Uh, a Thanksgiving store I remember was over my aunt's house. They took the, the turkey out of the freezer and put it in the refrigerator, but it never thawed out. It was like still frozen. I and mean, we, so we didn't have turkey dinner that day. <laughs> but Christmas, we, you know, mostly is, is, I think our family was more of a ham person or a ham family when it came to Christmas. Yeah. Uh, compared to turkeys for, you know, but, but it was a combination. And we had always the other things, the, you know, your, your desserts and all that fun, nice filling things that you're not really supposed to eat but you do eat during the holidays yeah and it's just um in in general it's just um you know you you know you eat you know you eat and you eat and you eat and you eat so that's why everybody goes on diet okay i'll go on a diet after the first of the year and that's a whole nother show you know new year's you know what's going on with that but but christmas wise we talked about food talked about what about music is there any particular uh, secular or Christian uh, songs that you would like or you do like to listen to during Christmas? Yeah, I think, uh, and you know what, I would be remiss, though, if I uh, so if I did not say that, at least for us, for food-wise, um, we okay. mix it up every year. Like some years, like one year we had steaks for Christmas. Wow. Uh, one year, I think this year we're having uh, some sort of like sirloin, uh, sliced mm. sirloin. So. Uh, but I, I think it's okay. Once again, it goes back to family traditions. I, for some mm-hmm. people, it's traditional to have ham, you know, right. or, you know, those type of things. Uh, but, you know, for us, I think it's good tradition-wise to mix things up and to, you okay. know, to where things don't become um, so uh, so traditional. It makes you miserable. <laughs> if it's making right. you miserable, you should probably change right. it up. Change you should probably change it up. But back to songs. Right. So songs... Uh, I just, we were talking about this last night. Okay. There are songs that I am um, putting out to my uh, my audiences uh, on my podcast and YouTube channel and Facebook and other places where, you know, I'm okay. talking about different versions of things. So, for example, my favorite version of uh, Little Drummer Boy is by a band called Whiteheart. And okay, Whiteheart, to me, has the, it's hands down, it's hands down the best version of okay it's so dramatic uh hmm. is the best version of that there's um um i you know everybody t- makes a big deal about you know mariah carey and all that yeah. i like like big band christmas like i like russ taff who's an okay. old uh ccm artist christian uh yeah. temporary christian music artist has a great christmas album uh mm-hmm. you know with all the favorites but it's all done big band style Um, so, and I remember, I think it was my wife and I, we went a few years ago, we went and saw, uh, Brian, uh, shoot. Anyway, he's the lead. He was, he's the big, he's the band that used to be the, uh, the, the, the lead for the stray cut, stray cats back in the eighties. And, uh, and he has a Christmas big band thing that he does. And so I find that, uh, you know, the things that the, the, the music that he puts out, you know, for that, I don't know. I, I tend to favor. You know, those type of things. Like, I like different. I like, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure I love, you know, the Perry Como's and the, you know, the traditional stuff you'll hear on the radio. But when I get, you know, kind of by myself and I want to listen to something, you know, I'll tune into, you know, a lot of the uh, stuff that just, like, example two, like the best version of Santa Claus coming to town is Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Oh, wow. Hands down. 
does the best version of Santa Claus is coming to town. That's the to me he does it live and it's a great live version of the song. So um so I don't know what 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 would you say are your traditional or best versions of a song, of a Christmas song? I I can't particularly say of any ter- particular titles. I just know people that I've liked it because I grew up with them. Uh, my father was a Nat King Cole fan, and he liked Nat King Cole. So I grew up on that. So uh, I listened to a lot of Bing Crosby, um, you know, yep. those type of era, Dean Martin. I mean, even though some of them are pre-me, but it was because of my father liking the music. Yeah, That's what I listened to when I was a kid. So, like, I have XM Radio, which has, like, you know, a million different Christmas stations that you can get on your phone or even a couple few less on your car, which is weird. Do you think it would be just the opposite? But um, there's there's Christmas Station XM, Sirius XM, called Traditions, which plays that type of music. Then there's Holly, which Holly plays more the contemporary Mariah Carey, um, Carrie Underwood, um, you know, Britney Spears, whatever. Those type of modern day types. Yeah. And then there's also a country version, and then there's a there's a Christian version. And then if, uh, we here um, in Florida, we have uh, 88.3, um, Z88.3 which basically plays Christmas music from December or not December or Thanksgiving on all the way through you know, yeah. January 1st. So, so that was locally that has all, it has a variety. I think Christian FM used to do that. Yeah. At Beach, Bra- so. yeah. Brian Setzer. I just remembered his name. Brian Setzer. Uh, the Brian okay. Setzer orchestra is his name. Mm-hmm. But the question is this, and I, and I find that people are, are, are whatever. When do you start listening to Christmas music? When is it, when is it, Listen, That's you can listen question. to Christmas music anytime you want. You can listen to it all year if you want. Yeah, there's stations that actually on, on, on Z83.3, if you go to their app, there's a Christmas station that you can listen to anytime. You right. But listen. when but when when do you listen to Christmas? When do you think is the is there an appropriate time to listen How to Christmas my, music? This is my tradition, and this is me, is I will listen to instrumental Christmas music only. I don't want words beef in the month of like November. You know, okay. Probably after Halloween, uh, basically, I will listen to Christmas music a little bit, but it has to be instrumental, keyboards, guitars, right? Uh, no vocals, no nothing. Okay. Interesting. Then, then, then Thanksgiving, then it's open up for grab. And being a Christian, I try to avoid, especially on XM, hit the next button. The Santa Claus is a coming to town songs. I just, I, I particularly, I'm not a fan of. Them. I particularly, I, mean, I don't hate them all. Some of them are okay. You know, Frosty the Snowman, you know, but being a Christian, I really like, you know, here's you know, songs that are dealing with the birth of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just the way that I am. I mean, I, I'm not against it. And if people listen to it, it's fine. I mean, I have no problem with it. I just myself kind of like will next it every time I hear, uh, you know, um, you know, Frosty the Snowman song. <laughs> <laughs> and there was, a, you know, it, it's. I mean, yeah, but you live in Florida. Do you really want to listen to Frosty the Snowman anyway? No, I mean, you can't build I, one. So why why would you listen to it? Well, it's like that it song. Like I'm mockery. Dreaming. It just seems like mockery at that point. If you're you know playing that in the South, there. It's the it's the other story about I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, I can. I mean, before when I was making a lot of money working for the Trinity Broadcasting Network, and I used to just jump on an airplane, go up to my sister's house. And I'd spend like a half a month up there and I would get the cold and I'd get the snow and I get to visit relatives and friends and still enjoy a cold Christmas. But, you know, since I haven't been up there since 2005, so it's been a long time. And I'm hoping eventually if I get property in North Carolina, maybe that's where I'll spend 
you know, because it could be, could be. It's just like Alabama. Yeah. You could have a cold. You could. You more likely have a chance of having it cold uh, and there than you would in Florida. Now, we've had cold Christmases in Florida. Um, right now, it's cold. It was like 48 degrees this morning, I think. Yeah. So, but um, next week, it could be 70, you know. So, I mean, it's just, and Christmas Day could be hot, you know, or it could be cold. I mean, I, I remember when I first moved down to Florida. It it was yeah. it was cold. I mean, I, we were in sweaters and coats, you know, Christmas. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, it's like, same thing in Alabama. Wait five minutes, the weather will change. I mean, change. It, it could be thirty-two degrees, like right now, and then in about you know an hour, it'll be eighty-two degrees. So, yeah. it, you know, just be prepared. Uh, yeah, be prepared with whatever here. it throws you. The buildings here are crazy. I just looked up on my, I have a clock, a big, huge clock, and it has the temperature. It says 70 degrees. Yeah. But when I came in at 5.30, 6 o'clock this morning, it was like 66 degrees. <laughs> and, we, and we don't turn the heat on. I mean, it's, it's even in my house, I had the heat on for a few minutes. To, as we, my mother used to call it, take the chill out of the air. Yeah, you know, that's right. Just a little, just a little um, you know, get that chill out of there. That's so right. If you, live, if you live in a prefabricated um, or mobile home, they're terrible with, with the, um, um, insulation so it's 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 cold the floors are cold it's just like yeah but it's just like so let's move on to the next topic is a little bit personal about with your family yeah now that you have um two boys and one girl and and the girl's married yep so has a husband um no grandchildren yet nope right no not yet okay all right so is there a turner family tradition of all of you guys all the siblings and or well Yes. And yeah, I mean, I think there are traditions that we have. Um, one of them is my son's birthday is on December 23rd, my oldest boy, Brian. Right. And so we gather and whatever he wants. I mean, because he is the he's the uh, he's the one that has to suffer the, you know, mm -hmm. the dual, yeah. <laughs> the dual holiday syndrome right. uh, of having your birthday so close to Christmas. So we try to make his day very special. So whether it's going out to lunch. I think this year he requested brunch. So I brunch, think okay. the family is going to gather for brunch to celebrate his birthday. That way he can go out that night and celebrate, you know, with his friends and do some things he wants to do. Uh, but yeah, so I think if we, if we have a family tradition, it kind of revolves around, uh, you know, celebrating him in some way, just because like I said, he's, he's kind of the odd man out and he, he has to compete. His birthday has right. to compete with uh, you know other things yeah. that are going on. Growing up, well, we got you got one big present for your birthday and Christmas together. We combine them. Yeah. Well, yeah, and we got we got to make the like we don't wrap like that's a good point because we don't wrap his uh, presents in Christmas paper. We wrap his right. we wrap them right. in birthday paper, right? Because we want to make that line between right. like it's your birthday, bro. It's not you're not mm -hmm. you know. We're not adding you into the Christmas pile here. You're you have an individual right. day for yourself, uh, yeah. and that is your and that is your birthday. So we try to make that birthday as special as we can make it. Oh, that's cool. Well, at least he wasn't born on Christmas Eve yeah. or Christmas Day. Yeah, those I do know people. Um, I think Roger was. I think if I think if I remember right, Roger was born on Christmas. Uh, you know about Roger think. Roger Ball? Yeah, yeah. He said yeah. he passed away, but but I think he was born. On Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, I yep. think, and uh, you know, I know some other people too. My calendar always tells me it's funny they they don't know they're not alive anymore. It says Roger will be turning sixty eight this year. <laughs> I go, I don't think so. No, nope. in but, heaven, you know, where he is ageless and uh, is 
I, I know. He's probably 30 in heaven. As hey, we've talked about this. That's before. right. We're not going to get into He's in good shape no matter what. He's in good shape. Right, right. So we've talked about many traditions, and we've had a very good conversation. But let's bring it down to the tradition of why Christmas is in the, in the first place, where it came from in Sullivan. Let's talk about that. Why, why, we do, why do we celebrate Christmas? Well, as Christians, we know we, we celebrate Christmas because of the birth of Christ. We say, you know, uh, with the conversation between the angel and Mary, talking about uh, that, you know, that, um, you know, unto you a, a son will be given. And, uh, you know, he's going to be the savior of the world. And the fact that God enters into our, you know, into our atmosphere in a very, very mm-hmm. real way that, that evening. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, traditionally, you know, we celebrated at Christmas time. The reality is he was more than likely born in the spring. Uh, right. And so, you know, that, and, and, you know, there's lots of uh, debate as to, you know, why, you know, Christmas is happening, whether, you know, whether the Catholics stole, you know, some pagan tradition and, and everybody's right. got their feelings about that. And that's fine. You know, to me, you know, you can have a tree in your house you can you know uh you know give presents you can do all those things and i think uh you know when we when we really dial into what we focus on as christmas and you know years ago there was a big flap over you know that people that you know were trying to destroy christmas right there was like you know starbucks was trying to destroy christmas and and you know there was legislation and other things like it was so crazy as if you could destroy Christmas. Like, like you could, you could, you, there's no way you could destroy Christmas. Everybody takes it super personally, right? Whereas, right. like, oh, you're going to take away my Christmas. Nobody can take away your Christmas. This is a newsflash for anybody watching or listening. Nobody can take away your Christmas. However, you yeah. celebrate Christmas, you can celebrate Christmas however you want. For the believer, especially though, Christmas can never be every day. I like to say that every day is Christmas and Easter. Every day right. we celebrate both the birth and the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ every day, because it's a part mm-hmm. of our identity. It's not, right. it's not like traditional uh, Christianity where the only, where they only recognize Jesus twice a year. Okay. Oh. Uh, where you're going to church because you go to church. That's somebody's tradition. They go to church traditionally, you know, midnight mass or right. Christmas Eve service or Christmas Day service or whatever they do, and then they go right. on Easter. And I told our congregation because I uh, lead prayer, and I say, "What a shame that people only recognize Christmas once a year." You know, there's the traditional holiday, but the fact that you that 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 for those people who are the twice a year religious people. The Christmas right. and Easter people, where they say, "Well, we got to go to church because you know it's Easter or it's Christmas or it's whatever." I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, how sad for for those folks who don't get to experience Emmanuel every day. They don't get to experience right. God with us every day. That it's simply right. a uh, sadly Christmas has become a formality. Uh, it's become a once a year we tip our hats and we say. Mm-hmm. Good job, Jesus. You were born. Congrats. You know? And then we get on with our lives. Like, oh, Christmas is over. Like we just move right. on. And now we're into the new year. And now we're into something else. And then we wait those five months, uh, you know, four months until uh four or five months until Easter. And then we gotta go through that right. rigmarole. 
And I'm going, well, you know, for us that are believers, every day is Christmas. Every day is God with us. Every day is Emmanuel. Every day is, you know, you know, the shepherds, you know, hearing the voice of the angels singing, you know, that unto us a Savior is born, right? So, so for us, for, for me as a believer, every day is Christmas. Every day is a Savior is born. Every day I'm reminded of, of what the Lord has done, you know, for me in my life. So that's, right. that's to me, that's, 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 the, that's the Christmas story is that every day I get to celebrate Christmas and every day I get to celebrate Easter. Right. Now, in the pre-show, we were talking about Christmas stories and stuff, and and then you're going to share some stuff. Now, you showed me a book that you have. I did. That uh, is about a Christmas story. Yeah, so it's a talk book about called, a uh, called The Mask, A Christmas Story. And it's by my friend Rick Bunchu and his son, Mason. And uh, it is a it's a fable about a man and, uh, and I'll, I'll give you a brief synopsis. Uh, I can tell you the story briefly. It's, by the way, it's beautifully uh, illustrated. I'll show you the inside here. Beautifully illustrated. Okay. Uh, has yeah, some great nice. artwork in it. Uh, yeah. And it's about a man who is, uh, who, who is his, inner, his, in, his inner soul, his soul life is so crippled by emotions, regret. Uh, you know, anger issues, all the things that it started to, it starts to manifest in his face and his body, where right. where the the ugliness that is on the inside begins to come out on on his face, and so he is so, you know, he doesn't leave his house, he doesn't do those, you know, he 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 stays away from people, he he mm -hmm. becomes a, a you know a recluse in a lot of ways. He only goes out. He decides one one Christmas Eve. He goes out because he can't stand. He like breaks all the mirrors in his house because he can't stand looking at himself. And okay. and he goes to. He finds this shop, uh, and the shop is selling these you know these various wares. And he's like, "Well, this is weird that this shop would even be open on on Christmas Eve." And he's looking right. at the different things, and he notices in the window is this mask. Uh, that is this beautiful, uh, you know, crafted mask. And he goes in and he demands from the shop. He says, I must have that mask. And shopkeeper says, well, it's not for sale. He, he's, and he says, but it, 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 he says, it's, it's, you know, uh, no, ob, you know, the price is no object. He says, sir, I can't, I can't sell it to you, but it is Christmas Eve. I'd be happy to give it to you. And he winds up giving the man the mask. And the man puts on the mask and he gains courage from having this mask. So he receives this gift of the mask, of this image. Mm -hmm. And what he discovers through the process of wearing this mask is because it gives him courage and because it gives him um, a sense of, of safety and it gives him a sense of, you know, being behind this, this, this perfect kind of image that he wants it, it starts to change him. It starts to change his personality. And there's an encounter with a, with a, uh, a beggar child. And, uh, you know, that winds up later on, he winds up after a couple of years, it's a Christmas Eve again. And, and he winds up saving this beggar child who, who he had one at one time, uh, you know, reprimanded for begging and so forth. And anyway, over the years, he starts to change where it says in the book, well, I think it says that the mass started to pinch, and it would, and it would, you know, uh, 
be uncomfortable a lot of times. But he goes and he saves this beggar child from being run over by a horse uh, of uh, a carriage. And the mask winds up breaking. The mask comes off, it's broken. And, um, and the little beggar kid looks at him and says, Sir, why do, you, why do you wear a mask? Your face is perfectly fine. And what, ha- what, the, what the moral of the story then is, is that this gift that was given to the man through the shopkeeper, that this mm-hmm. image of the mask changed him. And yeah. what, uh, what it says in the verse at the end of the book here is from, uh, from Romans, and he says, and the Apostle Paul says, and just as we have borne the likeness of the earthly man, so shall we bear the likeness of the man from heaven. So put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the, the moral, if you want to say the spiritual principle of it is this, is that when we put on Christ, it's uncomfortable. There's no, just like this man was trying to cover up his ugliness. And the only way that he, the only way that this transformation happens is he had to accept this free gift from the shopkeeper. He had to accept this image. He had to accept this mask that he puts on. And a lot of times, and I speak for me, that, you know, that we have this imposter syndrome, that we were Christians, uh, but you know that uh, that behind the mask, we're we're really terrible people. We're we're you know we're we're not very good. And I like to say that listen, I'm a Christian. I'm just not a very good one. You know most most days. Right. Uh, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. In fact, the longer I live, the more I recognize how my life doesn't match right. up a lot of times. And that mm-hmm. pinch, that pinch or that scuff from the image of Christ that, that when I took on Christ. That it's conforming me to the image of Christ. I I'm recognizing more and more my need for Jesus because I know that I can't meet I can't meet the standard. I know that I cannot right. in my own self right. meet the standard. And so the story tells me that listen, we put on this image, you know, that Christ, you know, came into the world and took on flesh. I imagine that was quite uncomfortable for him as well. Listen, you're talking oh, about yeah. putting the divine into mm-hmm. a human being, which was which was the whole idea that he would come down and be like us, and that that the pinch of humanity, that this divine, you know, that God Himself, God with us, was in this container, you know, these this um, limiting container of humanity, that He understood us. He came to do us to understand us. And he came to do it so that he could be like us and be with us and to die for us in the flesh. And the fact is that just like he had this, you know, he was in this uh, this image, this, uh, you know, what's called the Imago Dei, you know, that we're in the image of Christ, that we're in that image that, you know, even though we're made in the image of God, that every day we, when we take on the gift, when we take on the image of Christ, that we're always going to feel the pinch. We're always going to feel this imposter syndrome. We're always going to feel this because we can't meet the stand. But what in the story, what the man realizes is, is it started to change him. He became more compassionate. He became uh, more caring. He became more uh, more uh, discerning. He became more in tune with what the Lord was doing in his life which resulted in action, him saving 
the uh, the child from the you know from the from the near accident, him showing up at church listening to the choir sing on Christmas Eve, and so through this process he discovers you know that that the ugliness he saw in his life, that inner ugliness that manifested in a physical ugliness, that when you put on the image of Christ, that you start to change. You start right. to you start to live into the image of Christ. You start to live into it. And it starts to transform you and change you. And I think that's the that's the deal. That's part of Christmas is Christ coming in and taking on flesh so that we could then take on Christ. That the uncomfortability of the divine in the flesh is no different than the flesh taking on the divine and having that similar discomfort that right. we say, well, if we can't be everything and we can't, we can't be, you know, totally holy and totally righteous all the time. Well, you're not going to be, but we bear the right. image of Christ for me, for those who bear, take on the image of Christ, it's going to be uncomfortable. And, um, you know, but eventually it starts to form us. It starts to shape us and it starts to, to, um, redeem the ugliness that is within us to where we start to live into the hope that is Christ and what Christmas is about. Okay. While you're talking, some of the things that we're always thinking of is, is that's great for a certain amount of people that are listening and watching, and that's good. And I hope they hear something good out of that. But let's, in the wrap-up situation here, um, let's talk to the people that maybe Christmas is not the happiest time of the year for them, yep. uh, whether they're elderly, uh, they're, or they're by themselves. They don't have any family. They have no, no, not a lot of friends. They don't do a lot. Everybody else is happy, you know, but they're not. Let's talk to them yeah. and give them a little bit of light of of, of the season. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a big Christmas. Let me just say this: I'm not a big Christmas guy. I'm not a big. I, I don't. I don't put hundreds of you know dollars into decorations in my house. My wife calls me the Grinch, and I am a big <laughs> Grinchy about it because. Uh, I think the formalities of Christmas is what, you know, makes me cringe a little bit because I want it to be about Jesus. I want it to be about, you know, right. low key. But as far as growing up and growing older, you know, that that for me, maintaining, you know, when you when you're not invited to the Christmas parties anymore or you're not invited to your family gatherings have dwindled. Or those things, you know, that's the hope of Christ, is that if all those things went away in that regard, then you still have Christ. You still have the meaning of right. Christmas. Right. And for those that are listening who are struggling with this, listen, I, I've, you know, and I've probably mentioned here on the show before, you know, that I struggle with depression and anxiety. I take medication for those things. I have to deal with the stuff that I have to deal with, right? There's no perfection in right. it, which makes Christmas even more important to me. The, the truth of Christmas uh, because of the issues that I deal with, right? That I have, that, that, that everything doesn't go well. It's not perfect. You know, there are people right. that are listening who's not, they're not happy in their job. They're not happy with their family. They're not happy with their situations. They're in, they're in struggle. They're in uh, the hospital. They're in some situation that is becoming very, uh, uh, that is um, very overwhelming. And I go back to things, something like home alone. Well, in that story, if you remember, there's the neighbor man, and the neighbor man is an old man, and, he, and, and 
and uh, Kevin McAllister is afraid of him as a neighbor. And then they eventually right. meet up in the church and they have this conversation. That's part of the redeeming quality of Christmas, that that what makes Christmas, Home Alone a Christmas movie isn't the fact that it just takes place on Christmas, but there's a redemption arc that is a part of that. And so in that, that man had a had a situation where he hadn't seen his he hadn't seen his family. He hadn't seen his son. The words were spoken, and that he hadn't seen his son in years. And the reason he right. went to the church was to listen to his granddaughter sing. And then uh, Kevin McAllister challenges him and says, "You should call your you should call your son." Yeah, but what if he says, "What if he says no? What if he doesn't want to listen to me? What if he What if he does? What if he rejects me?" Right, the fear of that. And um, and Kevin says, "Well, you won't know until you try." And so I yeah. think uh, I think. For those that are listening who are dealing with the struggle, first of all, I would say uh, that the comfort that Christ offers at Christmas is valuable. I would also right. say that relationships, it's a great opportunity to restore relationships. It's a great opportunity to reach out. It's a great opportunity to put yourself out there a little bit. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're not invited to a party, throw your own party. Right. Invite some friends over. Go to, go to a very public space, you know, go to somewhere where there's lots of people where you can feel the energy. Don't stay in your homes. Don't, right. don't sit there and just uh, bemoan your situation. Find a way to connect with people, even if it's online, even if there's, you know, people are, you know, get, get old friends on a Zoom call and have a, you know, a fun, you know, little, your own little, you know, Christmas party online if you want. But I would say resist, resist sitting at home. Uh, in just in just being by yourself, uh, I would right. say find that find a way to be social, find a way to get out there, uh, buy yourself a nice steak dinner somewhere out in the public, uh, where you can see that and you can take in some of the holiday spirit. And who knows, who knows what what would transpire? Something you once again, right. everybody has a redemption arc. Even like that man in Home Alone, you have a redemption arc, and somehow you find hope in in taking action. So I would encourage people that are listening, find hope in taking action. Do something uh, besides sit at home and simply bemoan your situation. That is great, great advice. All right. Well, everybody, you've been watching the uh, Millennium Beat the Christmas special, the Christmas uh, topic show. And I've had Paul Turner, Pastor Paul Turner, on the computer with me. Paul, thank you very much for joining me. Hey, my pleasure. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Everybody else, hey, have a great one. And remember, at the Millennium Beat, we like to encourage the world one story at a time. This has been a Millennium Beat LLC production. Views and opinions of the guest are not always the views and opinions of the Millennium Beat LLC. Check us out on social media, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, and TikTok, at the Millennium Beat. Or on Twitter, at Millennium underscore Beat. If you would like to partner with us to reach the world, go to our website for more information. You can go to themillenniumbeat.com or tmb2000.net. Your financial support is greatly appreciated. We couldn't do all we do without your support.
The Millennium Beat just updated our website from the ground up. Check it out at themillenniumbeat.com or you can get there by using millenniumbeat.com or tmb2000.net where you'll be redirected to themillenniumbeat.com's homepage. I want to thank Mass Inbound for their awesome work on our website. If you're looking for somebody to build your site, I recommend them. You can reach them at massinbound.com. That is M-A-S-S-I-N-B-O-U-N-D.com. These are some of the things that you can find on our website. Homepage. You can watch our latest YouTube video or listen to our audio podcast. Also listed are some of the platforms our audio podcast is on. You'll find out when the next podcast will air and who the guests will be. On the top right, you'll find two red buttons, Learn How to Help and Become a Guest. Under Learn How to Help, you can become a partner, sponsor, contributor, or contribute to the future Millennium Bus. You can give one time or monthly recurring. The choice is yours. The other button is Be a Guest. Click it, go to the form, and fill it out, and we will get back to you. We would love to hear your story. Click the About Us drop-down where you'll find stats, where we are reaching people, and to find more information on our sponsors. Click on the Podcast drop-down, then click on the Calendar tab where it will tell you when the shows will air and who will be on them. Or if you need to know about any meetups of the Millennium Beat staff, partners, or listeners. Also, there might be on the calendar an event at which the Millennium Beat staff will be at. Click the Guest tab for all previous guests, links to their website, social media pages, and any store they might have. Click the Forms drop-down. There you'll find a release, be a guest, or become a sponsor form. 